0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link
1: in the show description to support now.
0: I am now like I think I have this like almost like a professional illness like everything is is music to me. Everything is a soundscape to me. Like you you just walk um you know through the city and then you have all of these assorted noises and for me that it's all music now everything is sort of constantly blending into a soundscape and I, I i love it that way but it sometimes feels weird and it feels like you're tripping a little bit all the what? time
1: All right, Look Up listeners, welcome back to another episode of The Look Up Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Weinstein. And as always, just starting off with a huge thank you to all of you for listening along. Thank you for sharing these episodes with your friends. Thank you for giving such positive reviews on iTunes and other podcast apps. Thank you for commenting and liking on social media. It all goes a long way to spreading the word and I'm just so grateful to have you all as an audience uh, listening along and to be building this Lookup community. Uh, If you want to go a little bit deeper, you can check out the Lookup Patreon account or join me on Lookup's Facebook group, uh, which you can just find by typing in Lookup with Mark Weinstein in Facebook or on Patreon. Would love to have you join. We're doing things like live Q&As. I'm providing some guided meditations uh, to certain Patreon tiers. And it's just a way for me to interact more with the community of listeners here. All right, well, today's episode is a fun one. I had the privilege of speaking to Oleg Stavitsky. Oleg is the founder of a company called Endel. Endel is building a cross-platform audio ecosystem. It creates personalized, sound-based, adaptive environments that help people to focus and relax and the company was is unique in that it was built by a small team of not only developers, scientists, engineers, but also artists. Uh, and most of the team came from the group that previously built an award-winning kids app called Bubble, which merged music and art for children. And I had the privilege of using the app before um, listening to, before speaking with Oleg, and it's really incredible. Um, they originally thought of calling it a passive mindfulness app, but the mission is essentially aligned with a lot of what we talk about on this show. It's we are in a rapidly increasing race in the technology world where technology is predominantly used to captivate our attention in order to collect our data and push us advertisements. Um, This has a lot of negative effects, as we've spoken about on the show before, and we're seeing some of those effects really start to play out in the US political system Uh, divisiveness in politics, fear, anger, anxiety. We're seeing increased levels of depression, um, addiction amongst young people, increased suicide rates. And so, part of my mission with this show is to speak to founders that are using technology to actually counter some of the effects of. What's gone awry with our existing technology infrastructure? While technology is neutral, and Oleg and I discussed this on the show, the incentive structures behind that technology is not neutral. It benefits shareholders of many of these companies at the expense of um, the collective and oftentimes at the expense of the consumer. You know, As Tristan Harris said, we're worth more angry and scattered then we are focused and calm to most technology companies. But in Endel's case, you know they are building a product that is here to um, create mindfulness in a time of information overload. And for those of you who meditate, for those of you who practice yoga, you might find that the one hour of meditation or yoga practice in your day while helpful is not necessarily enough to counter some of the um, nervous system stress, let's call it, of technological use of being on your phone for 10 hours a day and your computer um, before you go to bed or in the morning right when you wake up. And so we need help. And I think that it's important for us to have founders like Oleg that are trying to tackle these issues from all different directions, as well as new policy in place at the government level um, and individual practices. But those individual practices aren't always enough. And Endel in particular and other companies with founders that I've spoken to on the show are using technology to enhance the human condition, to improve our ability to focus to relieve nervous system strain um, by creating these really interesting audio environments that could help us stay calm or fall asleep or focus. And at first I was skeptical of the app because it feels like a free lunch. But the truth is that when we listen to certain types of music and sounds, it has a neurological impact on our minds. And it can create the positive effects that we're looking for so i don't know oleg's a really cool guy i i really enjoyed this conversation um we didn't know each other at all beforehand and this didn't come from a recommendation so uh it was it was really cool to get to know him and i'm thankful to oleg for coming on and i continue to use endle and i hope you'll check it out as well so that's it for me uh, we'll be back next wednesday with another episode today is july 7th 2020 Uh, We recorded this episode in the middle of May. Uh, I've got a backlog of episodes still to get to you and I'm going to try to record uh, really no more than two weeks before I release at this point going forward because I want the episodes to be timely even though there's some information in here that can be useful throughout time. We also talk about quarantine and COVID and many people are coming out of quarantine across the world. So it might not be as relevant, although I might do an episode on kind of where we are at in the current COVID situation with cases rising, economic damage, and and yet no end in sight. Um, life seeming to get back to semblance of normalcy in some places, but who knows what will and will not be the same going forward. All right. Well, that was a long one for me. Thank you all for your time and Without any further interruption, this is Oleg Stavitsky. Oleg, thank you so much for coming on the Look Up Podcast today. How's it going?
0: Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy to be here. And uh, it's going, I have to say, you know, it's going pretty well, because like, things are slowly getting back to normal here in Berlin. So yeah, (laughs) pretty excited about
1: that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in France. And we, uh, we came out of quarantine, um, I guess, just yesterday was the first day. So it's interesting to see how the world just kind of, quote, unquote, gets back to normal, although it doesn't feel like we'll ever go back to the way that it was before from like uh, anyone who lived through this experience from, for me, at least, I'm feeling like the world has changed in so many ways as well. What do you think about that?
0: I don't know. Like, you know, I haven't made up my mind about mm-hmm. that yet. Uh I was just, you know, yeah, I was, I mean, I just spent like six weeks with my family in my mm-hmm. apartment, <laughs> two of my kids. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, yeah. How old are your I, kids? Uh, they're 11 and 8, two girls. Uh, okay, cool. I mean, I love them to death, but as you can probably imagine, <laughs> it was a trying experience, you know, being locked with them yeah. um, for six weeks. I mean, obviously, they didn't go to any school. So, yeah, we just uh, spent a lot of time
1: <laughs> together. A lot of time, you know, yeah. homeschooling. One of, yeah. um, one of the company I work with outside of the podcast is called Steward and... Most of the team have small children, like, you know, one to five-year-olds. And at the beginning of the crisis, there was this conversation around, like, there's going to be a wave of new, you know, COVID babies. And my partners were joking <laughs> that uh, all the babies will be first born because yeah. anybody who has kids <laughs> and is quarantined with them is not trying to make another one. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm done. You know, I yeah. paid my dues to this society. Like <laughs> I'm done here.
1: Well, if anything, what this crisis has shown us, or at least what I think is happening in the economy is like an acceleration of certain trends like remote work and moving towards a, a more digital um, world. And so, You know, Endel, the company that you created, and we'll we'll dive more into that, is you know focused on trying to help humans, people, individuals, our psychology evolve at the rate of technology, essentially. And uh, when I was going through your materials, I was reminded of a quote from. Klaus Schwab and Nicholas Davis's book, Shaping the Future of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, they said we have twenty first century technology, a twentieth century mindset, and nineteenth century institutions i wanted to I wanted to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, it, even-
0: i I couldn't agree more i I literally couldn't agree more, and I don't know if you if you saw our manifesto. I'm, it also quotes Marshall McLuhan, who literally says that you know we're we're approaching new problems and new challenges with um, with the mindset, um yeah, of you know somebody who's lived like a thousand years ago, really, and um, like even like the challenges we're facing right now, obviously like the information overload and the need to actually be super concentrated whilst. Well, well like physically, you know you're in one place, but actually you can just have throughout the day you can have conversations with people on different continents, and like technically, you know you have to sort of you know put yourself in that in that mindset. and the way we're sort of trying to tackle that is through or by using methodologies and and, and, and practices that are maybe not suited for everyone. You know, I'm 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 ta- taking like this gentle um, swing at <laughs> the mindfulness meditation, uh, uh, but, but don't get me wrong. Like you know, I've been through like, maybe five or six Vipassana meditation retreats in my life, and like yeah, I I do meditate, and yeah, I'm a big believer in the benefits of um, mindfulness meditation. But I think that the way, it's not the only answer. It doesn't work for everyone and it requires a lot of discipline and and attention and for a lot of people, it just doesn't work. Uh, Or, you know, yeah, I mean, someone could argue they think it doesn't work, you know, but they they just need to try harder, but not a lot of people have that strength, right? Mm. To try harder. So I guess what I'm saying is what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a technology that would help us evolve as
1: species <laughs> like
0: as ambitious as it sounds
1: <laughs> no but I it's it's interesting because I'm, I, I'm of two minds when it comes to this subject because on the one hand I'm of the mind that to the man with the hammer everything looks like a nail and if it's technology mm-hmm. that got us into this current situation then is it going to be technology that gets us out of it or are we just Going to exacerbate some of the challenges, and I think about Endil. I think about the beginning of a movement towards um, brain-machine interfaces, and I think about Neuralink and Colonel and Colonel Brian Johnson's company just had a big release this week. And there's black mirror and white mirror outcomes, the dystopian outcomes in the black mirror side, and then the white mirror outcomes of this can be, you know, lead to a utopian future. Uh, and I'm not sure which. And then on the the other side, it's like, okay, um, maybe this is actually what we need because clearly, Naval Ravikant, I think, said he tweeted this. He's been, you know, he tweets a lot of really interesting things. He said something along the lines of, in today's, in this day and age, you need to cultivate superhuman powers just to really, just to pay attention, just yeah. to be present. <laughs> And so it's, it's kind of like, we, can we all be superhuman without a little help? And as someone that practices regular meditation and practices breath work um, and still gets swept away in 10 different chat apps and five other social media platforms and the overload of 24-7 work life with no break between work and personal, uh, and of course, living 10 plus hours a day in these digital worlds, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it, it feels futile at times, you know, to, to try to use meditation to fight it. The only, and I've had conversations in the past with people like Adam Alter, um, who wrote the book on technology addiction, people like Nir Eyal, who say it's not an addiction. Mm-hmm. We're going to build healthy habits around this. And oftentimes the solution is unplugging yourself from your mm-hmm. phone. Shutting it off and removing it. Mm-hmm. The problem is, we're coming to a place where you're not going to be able to remove yourself from your technology as technology becomes more ingrained into our person. So, wow, I just spoke a lot, and I'm here to ask you questions.
0: <laughs>
1: but I'd be curious for your take on what I was, what I just shared, and where you, where you think we might go from here.
0: Um, you know, like I'm an optimist, and I, I truly believe in the fact that, you know, a sustainable approach to technology is what's going to solve some of the challenges that we're facing. I don't think that, and I think it's everything that you mentioned, you know, separately makes sense. Sometimes you need to unplug yourself. Sometimes you need to turn off your phone. Sometimes you need to meditate. Sometimes none of those things work or sometimes it's, it's, it's a luxury really to turn off your phone. And all of that is true. And I think, I mean, I don't think we can, one thing I, I'm sure is I don't think we will go back to the way things were before, you know. Um, and that's fine. That's just evolution. But I think there is a way or there is a place, there is a version of that future where technology, science, culture, and art, are sort of, they're sort of coming together and they help us, you know, get through this. And I, I don't think any of those things individually can can help us. Like the technology itself is not enough. Art itself is not enough. Like art is struggling to reach out to people these days because it needs to be more impactful. Mm-hmm. And for that, it needs technology. And you see what I mean? And then all of that needs to be based in science in order for these things to well simply work right yeah. but, so that's what we tr- this is what we were trying to do and and, and still are doing um, we're using all of these things combined and i think there is a there is a beautiful version of that of 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 a future for all of us you know where we're using art science and technology to get through this and and be better species, really.
1: Are these, are, are these problems, is the problem you're try, trying to solve a technological problem or a human problem? Or are they distinguishable?
0: I think it's a biological problem. <laughs> mm. You see what I mean? Because, like, simply, as, again, as human beings, we haven't really evolved that much. You know what I mean? Like, we're, like our circadian rhythms, like the cycles that we have inside us, are still wired to a rhythm uh, of life that we're not leading anymore.
1: And like, and just for just for the listeners, circadian rhythms are uh,
0: circadian rhythms are you know like there there is this internal clock that all of us have. Within your body, like you have that internal clock that regulates the phases through which you're going throughout the day. You know how you feel like alert in the morning, then you feel sleepy around lunchtime, then you feel alert again. It's actually there is actually this graph that shows how your energy cycles, you know, go up and down throughout the day. Mm. And it has been proven, you know, a Nobel Prize was awarded to a scientist who actually proved that they exist in all, um, you know. All living beings mm-hmm. on the planet not just not just people and so i guess what i'm saying is you know like we're, we're still very much you know guided by this this rhythms that we have built in inside us but you know obviously the world is very 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 different and we're not evolving as mm-hmm. fast as species we're simply not evolving to sort of you know accommodate to the the to the needs of the world that we're living in. So there's this very, very physical, really, conflict of us wanting to lead, leave like different, different lifestyles, but our bodies are simply not coping with the demand that we're sort of, you know, yeah,
1: trying and to what's, put out that. what's happening to our bodies on a physiological level from information overload?
0: Have you read the book, Why We Sleep? No, I haven't. Oh, seriously. It's the scariest book. Uh, it's, it's an amazing book. You know, it's a New York Times bestseller. Uh um, basically, yeah, it's by this amazing sleep scientist called Matthew Walker. And he talks about, you know, he talks at length <laughs> yeah. about some very scary stuff that is happening to your body when you're not sleeping enough. Like we're talking you know, uh, premature aging. We're talking uh, all sorts of inflammation issues. <laughs> we're talking brain degeneration. Uh, literally, our, our our bodies are just falling apart because you know we're we yeah because we're not following these natural cycles. So this is it's very serious, and we're not going to be able. I don't think there is a way for us to rewire. The circadian um, clock within our bodies. What we can do is develop this mm, develop this bodily function, this external bodily function uh, that is going to be aided by technology that is going to help us be more present and hence more productive, and hence do more, you know, during the day and have more time to you know spend with your loved ones to to, you know, get enough sleep and things like that. That's what I believe in. I don't think, you know, we're going to have technology or, 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 I mean, we will have technology that will help you, you know, stay awake 24 hours. Uh, but I'm not pro that. I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pro a technology, like I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a technology and I'm hoping Andle is one that will help you, you know, achieve more during the natural, you know, uh, daytime activity cycles.
1: Why do you think humans and nature evolves at its rate and yet humans seem to build technology that evolves at a much faster rate. I don't know if that's <laughs> like like why Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like like I guess why are we so compelled to be why are we so motivated by speed?
0: It's not just speed, you know, like I'm yeah, well, I mean, why? Because human nature, obviously. We want more now. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, it, I mean, and let's not fool ourselves. It's not a, a 20 or 21st century uh, problem. It was always like that. Yeah. It's just the technology made things, I mean, it accelerated a lot of things. And yeah. now, you know, like you can become a millionaire, you know, or, or a billionaire, you know, in, in a couple of years, really. And the fact that you see these things happening around you and the fact that you can, and I'm not just, I mean, obviously I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about just being able to achieve or build things very quickly. And obviously this is, yeah, this is fascinating, really and 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 also, the way I'm thinking about, for example, Endel, like this is a manifestation of my will, really. You know, like i I envisioned something in my mind, and I spoke to to my friends, to my co-founders, and I said, "Look, let's build this thing, and we have." And obviously, you know the moment when we all realized what we want to build, we were super motivated to build that as fast as possible and that involved a lot of sleepless nights of course
1: yeah which is <laughs> um, ironic if you think about it because
0: oh yeah oh yeah there's there's, <laughs> there's sev- several le- layers of irony here <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 then so it's human nature really you know like and the technology just keeps accelerating and accelerating that 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 human nature that that, that the desire to achieve more faster and and because you realize that it's possible now, yeah, you just, you just want to do that. And yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of that has to do with capitalism. Uh, a lot of that has to do with capitalism, but I don't want to go there. It's just, it's a different conversation.
1: It's a different conversation, but I think it's increasingly, I'm finding that that conversation is integral to the conversation about what it means to be a human today. Because, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, no, I I would love, I actually, I would love to hear your perspective on,
1: yeah. Capitalism. (laughs) Well, well, I just, I'm stuck. I mean, the last three weeks I've spent writing not so much a rebuttal, but a, An appendix, or um, a—I'm blanking on the word—but just, I guess, a commentary on Mark Andreessen's "It's Time to Build" call to arms, which was received with incredible, an incredibly positive attitude by Silicon Valley and the venture capital industry, and folks in you know in all sorts of financial fields. Yes, it's time to build, but if we go to build with the same incentive structures, um, with the same lack of appreciation for negative externalities and and com- and the commons as we have in the past, then we're just going to repeat the same issues. And in the digital realm, what becomes so clear is the commons is not a whale getting slaughtered or oil spill in the ocean, the commons is our very being. It is our attention. And so Tristan Harris makes this great point where he says that in the, digi- in the digital economy, just as in the physical world, a whale is worth more slaughtered, cut up for parts and sold you know, at restaurants in Japan or for oil or what have you, in the digital economy, a human is worth more um, as a zombie who is narcissistic, whose attention is captured and scattered, um, who is increasingly angry and polarized, because that's going to keep that person coming back so that their their data can be harvested. And so, I believe that what you're what you're building is an anecdote antidote to information overload but information overload is potentially a symptom of the system on which it sits on top of. It's like it's like layer two on the stack of problems. La- the base layer of the of the problem stack here is in fact the incentive structures that led to the accelerated growth in building this technology without truly appreciating what it's doing to our collective humanity. So I think what you're building is extremely important. And I think what you're building might not be able to be removed from the capitalist impulses and the capitalist system. Um, and I believe you have to be very mindful of that as well with what you're building, because one day someone's going to knock you know, you, you've raised venture capital, right?
0: Oh, yes, we have.
1: <laughs> so okay, so yeah. you're, you're series A, series B at this point? Series,
0: series
1: A, yeah. Series A. So you're at that massive inflection point now, right? Like the A to B leap, as you know, is is the hardest of all of the, the VC leaps. And you're going to be held to specific metrics. And at some point, just as in 2013, just before the Facebook IPO, when it was like, okay, you have all these users, but how are you going to make money? And the answer was, of course, advertising and capturing attention um, in order to sell people things. Uh, because of the system and the incentive structure of venture and being a startup company, you know, no matter what technology we're building, helpful or not, we get caught in these incentive traps or we can. I don't know, what, do, what are your thoughts on that? I had another entrepreneur on who I, I had a conversation about this with just a couple of weeks ago
0: uh-huh you know i don't kid myself i'm very much aware that we're a product of the system um mm. uh, you know whether we'll like it or not i mean obviously you know like we're we're, we're playing the game you know what i mean like yeah. like what alan watts is saying you know like you you, you you you're playing the game it's just it's just please be aware that you're playing a game that allows you to see through the game. And that's what I'm trying to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
0: know, I don't want to say that I, I'm seeing through capitalism like that <laughs> 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 Oh, you Yeah, but like I'm I'm trying to. I'm 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 sort of trying to I'm trying to mindfully play the game.
1: You see what I mean? Oh, I I hope this makes sense. <laughs> no, of course, and I love that you brought up lots. I mean, I've been bringing up lots yes. every every week for the last you know five weeks on the show, and it is a game. But sometimes the game plays you, and I feel yes. like I I feel like where we are at right now. I feel like what this crisis has shown us this great pause, as some people are referring to it as. It's just like wow, like. Something's something has to give. We're racing towards an inflection point. I feel, and and the stakes have never been higher. And then again, you know, Watt says I'm sincere, but I'm not serious. So maybe it's not all that serious. Yeah. Um, but this is our this is our psyche. This is our collective consciousness that we're that you are protecting, right? Like you are building something that is protecting our collective psyche, and the stakes have never been higher. Um. So I guess why 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 did you personally what what on your journey led you to build Endel? Where were you before, and and how did you get to where you are right now? Just bring it back to the bringing it back from the, the metal up, back down to the yeah. personal.
0: <laughs> I'm well so the team that I'm building handle with, and there's actually it's, it's very unnatural, uh, for the VC world. There's there's uh, six co founders, six oh, people wow. that yeah, and you know, we've been working together for like over seven years by now. And before that, we've been doing something completely different. We actually built uh, a company called Bubble, which was a B U B L which was a digital art for kids app series. Hmm. And um, yeah, we built, you know, seven apps in total. It was a, a portfolio of seven apps, not your average kids apps, like very abstract with a lot of attention to small details, design, like no cute characters, no fleshy, uh bunnies no nothing like that it was it was it was literally like kandinsky's paintings that came to life and we were always citing you know kandinsky and brianino and steve reich uh, and philip glass as our mm, ex, um yeah inspirations for those products and we happened to be successful with those uh apps and we we sold them here in germany uh we're all russians uh, so we all moved mm. to berlin uh, through that acquisition. And then we, yeah, you know, sort of had the luxury. And again, you know, coming back to capitalism, it gave us the luxury to think, you know, what mm-hmm. we're going to be doing next. And um, I was always a like, huge ambient music fan and Brian Eno fan. I, I can say nerd, Brian Eno nerd. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm Brian, obsessed. I've never
1: heard of Brian Eno before. I'm typing that in the notes.
0: Uh, it's E N O.
1: Okay, I'll put it in the to, show notes.
0: Seriously, he's like the inventor of ambient music. He's the most famous music producer like he it's it's amazing, you know. He was producing albums for David Bowie, uh, Coldplay, U2, like you name it. He produced some of the biggest pop albums out there, but he's also a philosopher and a big thinker and he invented ambient music as we know it.
1: You um so you came from Russia. Where where yeah. in Russia were you born?
0: ah uh, Kaliningrad. I don't know if you
1: <laughs> I know. don't. You know, Americans always ask, but we don't know anything yeah. except Moscow and St. Petersburg.
0: Yeah. And it's how? it's a weird it's a weird we're, little city, you know, because it's a former German city that was taken from Germany after the war. It's on the border with Europe. It's like the western end. Ah. That's where Russia ends and Europe begins. Yeah, so it used to be a German city and it's separated from Russia by Europe. So it's like an outpost now, because it used to be a part of the USSR. But then when USSR fell, you know, Lithuania became a country and now, you know, and then this tiny outpost just stayed there. This is where I come from.
1: Wow. And, and when did you, how long has it been since you moved to Berlin?
0: It's been five years, but I moved to Moscow before that. I lived in Moscow. And then yeah, five years ago, we moved to Berlin.
1: So all seven of you are, or six of you are, are Russian. Yeah, and um, it's it's fascinating because you're talking about the capitalist system. We were talking about that before, and it's of course very different. Um, yeah, in Russia now it's more. I guess well, the two systems look quite similar these days. Yeah, to be honest,
0: They're, to be very similar. <laughs>
1: um, what was it like moving to Berlin?
0: It was very... I mean, you know, it was a big change because Kaliningrad is only 600 kilometers from Berlin. You could drive from my hometown to Berlin.
1: Oh, yeah, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. So I was like, I, I knew Berlin very well when I was moving here. So like literally it, w- it wasn't like we, well, we... Yeah, I mean, we obviously, me and my family, like we rediscovered Berlin for ourselves. And uh, you know what the, the biggest... I can tell you, Two two shocks. <laughs> like and one is the fact that Berlin has the worst service system like ever. You know, me coming from Russia and then you coming from the U S like you expect things to happen, especially when you're willing to pay for them. Right. Yes. It's like, yeah, I was I mean-
1: just having this conversation with, uh, <laughs> with another guest, I swear. He was describing, he actually described a book called, well, okay. So that's number one and then I'll tell you his story. And number two, it's the number two difference.
0: Yeah. Number two, I mean, it's sort of connected to this is just like how no one is in a hurry here Mm. you know yeah people were just taking their time and like the overall the overall city's infrastructure like the way the city is designed is just everything tells you especially like during these times like you know, every single corner in Berlin just screams at you, like, sit down, you know, have a coffee, yes. just relax, like, look look around you, like, it's all right. You know, it's okay. <laughs> like, you don't have to run like crazy through the city like I used to do in Moscow. And obviously, you know, when I, I mean, I spent half of my time in LA and New York yeah. and, uh, you know, how the, in what, this is what amazes me. I mean Moscow is slowly changing towards that actually now. But That's like this is, what ama- this is what amazed me when I came to LA. I was just <laughs> struck by the oh. fact that like we we, we we normally stay within um in, in West Hollywood. Like mm. how there is like you can go and you can have block upon block upon block of just residential buildings and there would be no cafes, no small bakeries, like you have to I mean, no one walks there in the first place like
1: no no drives. one walks I mean, in la I
0: don't know why yeah but i mean yeah this just the whole city is designed in a different way
1: it's a strange place los angeles it has it's, yeah it's gained a, a love in my heart i grew up in new york on long island so i was in this mm-hmm. you know that suburban mindset where everybody drives mm-hmm. and when you're 17 you're spending nights just driving around in cars like in days thinking confused but yeah. without the the beers in yeah. the background necessarily rolling, you know, some kind of herb or something like that <laughs> <laughs> as a kid. Um, And then, you know, going to New York city, it's like, so, so fast and, sw- and just broof, broof, it has this fast heartbeat that just yeah. pumps the whole, the whole blood of the whole ecosystem yeah. just running. And if you start walking in New York, you realize over time that you're, you're like a fish swimming against the current. Yeah. And it's time to go. Yeah. And so then I moved to l a, and it's like, oh, everybody's really slow. And what's up? And, <laughs> and yet, in some weird way, everybody's also still really fast. So it's kind yeah. of like this weird dichotomy. But Berlin, I love. and I want I asked you about Berlin. It was kind of a loaded question because I spent some time there. And I feel like Berlin is this philosophical capital still, you know, of Europe. And you can sit and have, a heady conversation with anyone, you know, and yeah. people want to talk about this and they want to talk about systems change and they want to talk about philosophy and art. And uh, it's not so much about, you know, what you're getting out of the conversation necessarily. You know, I find a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of conversations in the Valley or in New York or even LA, it's like they're extractive. It's mutual. But it's like, what can I get out of you? What can you get out of yeah. me? Let's figure it out really mm-hmm. fast, and then let's move on to the next conversation. Let's make it transactional. But my conversations in Berlin, where, as you said, it's like the city invites a slowness, yeah. a, thought, a thoughtfulness, which is cool.
0: It is cool. It is. Uh, yeah, that's that's the upside. The downside is that, like, again, you know, coming from Moscow and then spending half of my time in LA like you expect things to happen and they just like take twice or sometimes three times (laughs) the time in brilliant as opposed to um yeah um, LA and I'm I I, I actually I love LA it has a special place in my heart like I spend a lot of time there I have a lot of friends there and
1: Yeah. yeah Is just so different
0: in New York as well. Actually, I love walking in New York like crazy, <laughs> crazy
1: enough. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I, I yeah. used to live on 18th and uh, in the, near the East Village and I would walk, yeah. walked everywhere. That's the best part about it is you can get anywhere walking, mm-hmm. even if it's on, you know, up on 80th or whatever. And take this, the subway system is, it's, it's fairly good. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's, relative, yeah. it's a, relatively efficient and yeah. relatively clean obviously nothing like, you know, the subways in Asia, but, um, or London, (laughs) but, um, no, my, well, my friend, what Ryan was saying on the, my friend Ryan was talking about living in Berlin. He actually moved to Berlin from LA and you guys should meet. He built, just built a company called Aglet, which is, um, he's building the metaverse, but he's starting with, um, a game because, you know, everything's a game as we discussed. And it's basically Pokemon go for sneakerheads, and he. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. It's super, super cool. I love it. I invested in the company. I'm a big, big fan of Ryan and he's just like such a philosopher. But he was saying how, you know, he he recommended this book called Fantasyland. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's about the US and how the US perpetuates this fantasy of like, you are at the center of everything. So when you walk into a store, it's like, oh, sir, you look fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you try this piece of clothing on? Like, let's get you in these shoes. Oh, yeah. How can I help? Oh, you look wonderful. Like, And then it's all its all created in a way to kind of keep the economic machine moving and extract value. Whereas he was saying his first experience at a bookstore in Berlin, he got there at 545. <laughs> he had six books in his hand to purchase them. They ho- they closed at six. They were like, sir, we're closing soon. You need to get out of here. He's like, I'm i am holding five books. I'm going to buy them. You close in 15 minutes. Could I just... They're like, no, 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 sir, you don't understand. The doors will be closed (laughs) at six PM. Like, we don't care if you purchase these books. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) This is what
0: drives me nuts here. (laughs) This is just like, I mean, I'm about to pay you. (laughs) Like, why? They're like, whatever.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, it's
0: it's hilarious.
1: So, so you guys all came to Berlin, and 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 um. And did you raise capital from venture funds in in Europe or or mostly from the Valley?
0: Mostly from the Valley, actually. You know what happened was I so we we sort of played around and built a beautiful prototype, and uh, I happened to meet a guy named Bob Moss who runs TechStars Music Acceleration Program out of LA, and I can I'm I, I can now call him my friend. Like he did a lot for us, and he keeps doing a lot for us. Like I, I I love him. And he's one of the people that, you know, you do take a call from whatever the time is. And uh, yeah, so he runs Textars Music exploration Program. And he was like, you guys need to come to LA. So we did. Like we we, we moved for three oh. months and we went through yeah the acceleration program, Textars music, and that was just so instrumental in what happened next. Because you know we we graduated in in we literally came to LA we didn't know anyone two years ago, uh, like maybe say like maybe I don't know like a couple people. We graduate in May, we come in February, we graduate in May, and then in August, we close our seed round with you know Amazon Alexa Fund and uh, a bunch of other v c players uh, like this, and it Incredible. was so natural, yeah we were like it took us three months, you know, and then we we were, we were done. So, yeah, I mean, that, you know, we're, we're, we're a textbook example of how acceleration programs should work. You know, you go there with an idea, they help you with the vision, with the network, they help you with the business strategy. And then three months later, you raise your capital and off you go.
1: Mm. It's a great story. And, and so you, you raise that capital and now you guys just had a product launch or like tops in the app store. And I yep. love that you decided to give away a month um, of you know free access because of the COVID situation. The, for the problem you're solving of information overload is accelerated by this. I can't tell you the number of additional chat groups that I'm in that are specifically yeah. catered towards COVID or everything's become a COVID chat. Mm-hmm. I guess. What do you think of? What do you think about? In addition to information overload, sense making today on information, like how do you think about those two problems? Are they one and the same, or they distinct? Because you mentioned you can be more present, Um, so perhaps that's a fix. But you know, like I, I, I see such intelligent people just completely ripped apart by. You know, Plandemic, which just came out, this twenty-six minute documentary on how Bill Gates is trying to, you know, get us all vaccinated, and and they're really intelligent (laughs) people, right? Like, it's just, it's hard for us as individuals to make sense of the world today, right? Um, Yeah,
0: I don't know. Look, seriously, I mean, I don't, I don't have an answer to that because it's just by being more present really like for me seriously because the more you mindlessly consume information the more you get swept in this vortex of bullshit really. <laughs> you yeah. know, because then, <laughs> then they're like oh this happened what and then suddenly somebody immediately offers you an explanation of what that means and then you're like you're jumping from one conclusion to another it's just it's madness yeah like the, the best thing you can do is consume uh, at least for me as less information as possible yeah. obviously that's that's my answer to that like i mean you're not going to make sense of the world by consuming more information that's one thing i'm sure of it's less <laughs>
1: Wow. I love that. I had a similar thought. I, I think we, the way we consume information is like the way that we, it, it's like an all you can eat buffet that never ends. So like if you just kept eating and eating and you never took time to digest, that's the mental equivalent of how we spend our days now accessing information. So how does it, how does Endel solve for that?
0: Well, you know, again, well, literally, the way, what I initially called andal we then scrapped that definition uh, in favor of something uh, way more understandable, which is, you know, this is a technology that helps you focus, relax, and sleep, but they used to call it uh, passive mindfulness, <laughs> mm. and because it's just something you plug in the background, and it affects your cognitive state through the neuroscience of sound. And it just, you know, suddenly makes you more aware of what's around you. You know, you're, you're, you're more focused, you're more present. Yeah, you're, you're more. What? Yeah.
1: What is the neuroscience of sound? Well, there is a lot of research that, uh, out there that talks about how. Break down sound. just like some key points for for the um, listeners.
0: Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm about to. <laughs> okay, awesome.
1: <laughs> not letting you get out of this one out. Like?
0: <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of science out there that talks about how sound influences your cognitive state. Like, we did not invent that science. So what we're doing is we're, like, you know, immersing ourselves into this body of research and we pick what, what works best for us. For example, you know, we're using uh, pentatonic scale. Right, which is known to be very easily processed by the brain and is actually found in the majority of traditional music throughout the world. So everything sounds harmonious in Endel um, because of pentatonic scale. Um, we're also using an approach called sound masking, which allows us to tune out certain harsh and distracting sounds by using what is called colored noises. You know, like there's not just white noise, but also brown noise and pink noise and things like that.
1: And yeah. Yeah, heard so the we're brown brown noise on South Park. I think I don't know if we want to yeah. go. <laughs> I saw that episode. I love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So so there's there's yeah there's there's a lot of science that talks about that, and yeah, we're now because we're, we're becoming this relevant, culturally relevant company. <laughs> what I call ourselves. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're sort of yeah we're privileged to have access to some amazing scientists that we we can now talk to and help us you know further um develop and improve the efficacy of and of the science behind
1: them. so if there are colored sounds, do colors have sound colored noises
0: yeah well yeah, I mean, and what's it's, the difference
1: between a sound and a noise?
0: Oh, yeah, that's that's a very good question, because, you know, it's interesting. I don't even call it music. I call it functional sound. Like, we never use the word music. No. Uh, I mean, obviously, that is a very, you know, again, a philosophical question. You know, like, what do you call music? Because John Cage used to say, you know, as long as my body produces any kind of sound, there is music in my life. And so, you know... That. I I love that as well. Like I, I mean, I'm talking about like a heartbeat and things like that. Reminds me of um, Shel
1: Silverstein. Yeah, <laughs> he had he had a a poem. Uh, I think it was called "Our Band," and it's about like patting on your belly and blowing the trumpet with your nose and things like that. Anyways, yeah, continue. Yes,
0: yes, yes, uh, exactly this. So yeah, so there's. I mean, technically, music is organized noise, right? Like organized sound. Uh, I mean, this is what how you can call that, but the, obviously the, there's a very very blurry line. But yeah, I I mean the, the fact that dif- different sounds have different colors, like this is called synesthesia, and this is what basically um, Kandinsky basically came, I mean, came out of <laughs> sort of, you know, like what he was talking about constantly. And this is what we were, when we were working on some of our bubble apps, this is exactly what we were saying. We were saying, we're teaching your kids synesthesia. We're teaching them the correlation between color, form, and sound. And some of the, one of the apps, it's still out there, it's still uh, live. It's called Google Draw, B-U-B-L Draw. And mm-hmm. you can draw with sound uh, there. So you pick a color, you start throwing something and it immediately generates a musical ah, composition.
1: Yeah. That's so cool.
0: It's still out there. Like, um, yeah. Mm, so we actually used a lot of ideas and, uh, uh gameplay and game design approaches from Bubble and Endel.
1: My sister is an occupational therapist. She works uh-huh. with, um, with autistic children and, um, children with autism. Sorry, Uh I have to correct myself. That's the, the proper Uh way to say Uh it. And, uh, you know, I I was fascinated because I I do a lot of um, different breath work techniques. Uh And one of them is this, this breath where you make the, the sound of a female humming bee. It's like, uh, or you attempt to make that sound. Uh And I was, I was doing it, uh, through this group meditation, and my my uh, another ot said that she, that when she works with autistic with children with autism many of them actually make a noise like that when they're trying to rebalance themselves when they're mm-hmm. trying to recenter themselves or they feel overwhelmed they'll just start making that sound which i think is uh i don't know it's just it struck me as as interesting i also when you've when you go into vipassana cuz you said you've you've done silent retreats a few times like yeah what is your experience of sound
0: it's i mean it's just generally in there you become way more attentive right mm-hmm. <laughs> and suddenly you know like i i I was in one of the vipassanas um I was sitting there, you know, you can't talk to people, you can't have eye contact, you can just sit there and open we during like the midday break, there there was a hedgehog that came out of the woods and like ten Adult males were like looking at the hedgehog as if it was like some sort of a Hollywood blockbuster. Like we're like, holy shit! Like look at that! Look at that hedgehog! Because it was like like the biggest piece of action you got in ten days. (laughs) So obviously, you know, you pay attention to a lot of things there, and sound is very, very. I mean, I'm now like I think I have this like almost like a professional illness, like everything is, is music to me. Everything is a soundscape to me. Like you, you just walk, um, you know, through the city and then you have all of these assorted noises. And for me, it's all music. Now, everything is sort of constantly blending into a soundscape. And I, I, I love it that way, but it sometimes feels weird and it feels like you're tripping a little bit all the wow. time.
1: What is the uh, what is the soundtrack of your life sound like these days, Oleg?
0: Um, Endo, mostly. <laughs> mm. No, I'm I'm not joking seriously because especially because of these things because of AirPods Pro, you know I think this is an amazing product and I think it started this whole sound AR trend that we're, that is about to explode. Because, because, you know, they have two modes, two operation modes, right? Like one is noise cancelling. That is, I mean, a lot of people do that. A lot of companies do that. But then there is this, the, the transparency mode, which I love. And I always use that. So the transparency mode actually lets in all of the sounds that, that, that are around you. Uh, and actually you can hear very clearly everything. So you can have what happens, but the music or like whatever you're playing through your headphones still- is still there. Mm. So you can have a conversation with somebody. You can buy coffee. You know. You can go through the city. You will hear everything. But then you and what I do is I just put in Handle on mm. a very very low volume, and it's just always there. It's just this very subtle. Have you been
1: color. listening to Handle this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's all good i with transparency mode it sounds like it, it sounds like it would work
0: <laughs> it would it would but unfortunately yeah my my airports are now connected to my laptop but mm. we do have a mac version like i don't know why i didn't do that
1: <laughs> no it's it's, it's beautiful I've, uh, I've started using the product as well not as much as i would have liked since i've downloaded it but um I've realized in this quarantine time that music is so, so, so important in my life. Like the days when I forget to turn music on while I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, at my desk doing whatever imagined imaginary work I'm doing at that time, (laughs) I'm working. Oh, work is so hard. You know, like, I feel like we all live in this, this, Oh, just, yeah, just like pounding on the keyboard. Like, yeah. What do you think? It's work. It's terrible. Leave me alone, honey kids get out of here i'm working right. um, i saw this incredible photo on instagram of all places but it's this artist uh i'm blanking on the name hold on i'm gonna pull it up because otherwise i'll forget but it was uh so cool i think you'll appreciate it and i'll send it to you when we get each other's info uh yeah his name is ramin nazer ramin nazer and it's this beautiful image of, it's like multicolored background, like pink and purple rainbows. And then it's this white figurine sitting hunched over a computer. And the screen says, do this, then this, then this, then this, and this. And the, and the, the person is thinking, can't play, must work. Even though play increases overall neural connectivity, productivity, and happiness, <laughs> can't, <laughs> can't play must work. It's just I feel like that's where we're all at. It's just, back to the capitalist thing. It's been on my mind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I'm hijacking this conversation on that, on that front.
0: No, no, no. Go for it. Go
1: for it. <laughs> oh man. So what would be like in in your in your kind of dream state? What would be what would be one, like, what do you see as the future of Endel? And then two, what do you see as the future of, you know, the five years from now, what is the idea or 10, even as much time as you want to take, whatever, like our human technology, technology relation, our relationship to technology, how does it evolve from here?
0: So, I mean, those two answers, uh, very much related in my head uh, for Endo, we will we, we'll definitely go beyond sound and we're going to move from engineering sound environments to engineering environments, period. What I mean by that is, you know, we, we will, we're we going to start controlling light and temperature as well. And the, the big vision for that, and like I'm talking two years max from now, actually we, we, we're going to start doing that next year, is, you know, you, you walk back home and we go like, oh, you just had 10 meetings, like you've been stuck in traffic, your heart rate is this, uh, you're probably overwhelmed. And it re-engineers, handle re-engineers the whole environment around you based on the context of your day. You know, it dims the lights, changes the temperature, creates a soundscape, m- maybe comes up with some visuals uh, on the screen, things like that. So literally puts the kids re-engineers, in cage yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm that this is what we're working towards basically because you know we're we're, we're surrounded by these so-called smart devices which are not really smart they're actually pretty dumb. They just you know you, it's like oh I can control my lights and my blinders with my smartphone like Big deal, like, what are you so lazy you can't just stand up? <laughs> why Dude, this like, is this like just the evolution of clap on, clap off lights? <laughs> yeah, I just, seriously, like, why, why do you need to do that? But the question is, of course, you know, um, what kind of light, like, what's the temperature, like, what's the color of that light that you should be having now based on the context of your day? And I think everything is going to move towards. That, towards not just you know giving you smartphone control over things, which is just ridiculous, but it's going to go towards the environment around us, understanding more and more about not just you know our needs, like you know like advertising. I'm not talking about advertising. I'm talking about you know your emotional state, your psycho emotional state, and re reengineering environment around you based on the context of your day and we need data for that we do need like we do need to collect information about your location about your heart rate like all of that stuff like we do need that i'm sorry but, like, but there's there's no other way uh but what i like to say is yeah we're, we're one of those companies that collect data about you but not to serve you personalized ads but to actually make your life
1: better and are yeah. you gdpr compliant um, yeah of course in europe your- well, I mean, at least, like, I think Europe is pioneering on, on the privacy front.
0: Look, I, I have an unpopular opinion on that.
1: <laughs> Are you like Josh, Josh Luck's school that you think no, nothing is private anymore and we've just moved beyond? No. no? What's, uh, what's your...
0: I just think that, like, GDPR is a huge range When uh, it's 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 just a bunch of hoops. It's just a bunch of bureaucratic hoops you have to jump through. Uh, It actually doesn't make your data more protected. It's just it it just you know it creates this bureaucratic illusion of your data being protected, really. But it's interesting. Yeah, like that's what I think. I I think we need more. I think we need more. Like, you, yeah, there's, like, in theory, you know, uh, blockchain would be that.
1: Yeah. Well, certain certain elements of, of blockchain. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: Working on the privacy front. Um, ZK snarks. <laughs> that's one <laughs> technology that's out there. I don't know. For <laughs> your listeners that care about that sort of thing. This is more about, you know, humanity. I just think it's, it's just interesting to. Technology is neutral, you know, and it seems that it can be used for either subjective good or subjective evil. And of course the definitions of which are determined by your own upbringing and socialization. Um,
0: Everything is neutral.
1: Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's, it's probably true, but it's just, it's just like, you know, you're working with, you're working with, um, you know, Amazon Alexa. You said that they, they uh, invested in it. it. Makes sense. Why? Because of this, this potential, right? Integrate, integrating with Alexa and having control of your room. It's like, it reminds me of, I'm just a sci-fi nerd, too, so it reminds me of like Mother, which just came out on Netflix, and it's like she truly cares for mm-hmm. creating a better human race. That's what she was programmed to do, but she's killing a ton of people in the process and you know killing kids because they're not fitting the perfect mold and so yeah, like i I don't know what happens when the five big tech companies have access to our heart rate, our blood type now with contact tracing, you know, whether or not you were sick, who you touched um, all this stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be an inch because it goes back to where we started this conversation, 19th century institutions, 21st century technology.
0: Yeah.
1: And do I want Donald Trump in control of, my heart rate information <laughs> like, or my environment, ugh, it just gets icky. Yeah. But that being said, I think what you're building is incredible. So I don't meet like that's why <laughs> like, I, I want to be able to say, all right, like I had, look at my freaking calendar. I had 15 meetings today. We're doing this podcast. And then, you know, and now I want to go take a nap because this was super heady and you blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, th-
0: th- there are ways. There are ways to deal with that, like what we're doing with Endel, for example. If we're processing everything on the device, so we're not like all of the data is processed locally on the device, and the soundscape is generated locally. We're not streaming anything. Mm. We're gen- so, for example, that's that's the route that we took from the very early days. Like that, that's how we designed the system. And I think, especially, you know, Apple has this special um security chip that is dedicated to protecting the data on your phone. So I think yeah, that is yeah, that could be the future. Like that that could be one way. There are there are ways. Like everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> that's that's my oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you. That's because you listen to Endel all day and you consume <laughs> less information. You're not out here on all the, you know, the Telegram chats about COVID-19 and crypto dystopia. You know, you're not reading enough Neil Stevenson, I don't think. Um, (laughs) But no, I appreciate it. Maybe this is what I needed. This, This hour has been my therapy session. (laughs) Um, (laughs) thanks for listening along to another therapy hour with mark i appreciate it um (laughs) no it's been it's been really great to connect you know we're we're just over an hour i want to be mindful of time um is there anything else that you want to share you know i've spoken quite a bit my my questions have not been uh questions so to speak (laughs) but i appreciate you i appreciate you playing along
0: <laughs> uh yeah no look i mean like maybe just one detail about like my team which you know i am like like i consider myself super lucky like i've seen and heard crazy stories about like founder divorce it's it's a term you know founder divorce oh, I've and, you. It's, it's, it's yeah sure. it's yeah like i i seen and heard all of these stories and I'm just incredibly lucky with the team that I have, um, you know, because we've been through things where we, in situations where we literally had like no money, to, it's just we had like an exit, so like we've been through everything and we've been working together for like over seven years now and it's a very diverse collective and I think this is the secret because, you know, it's not just a bunch of engineers. There is a contemporary artist who does all of the visual design for Endel. Uh, there's a neoclassical composer who does all of this sound design and then, yeah, he's responsible for how Endel sounds. So there's, you know, there's artists, designers, musicians, engineers obviously, obviously, but not just that. It's a, and hopefully you know, you can see that in the product and, and the intention behind Endel, that it's not just a company that is built by, you know, a group of engineers. It's not just about the engineering, even though, like, I mean, obviously, where would we be without engineers? Um, yeah, I'm. I, I think that's that's the way to go about it. You know, to have a very diverse team with very different backgrounds, and that did it for us.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure your teams going to appreciate that. That shout out. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited to use the product more. Um, you know, I I was skeptical at first. I have to say, I'm, I was raised on "there's no such thing as a free lunch." So if you tell me that I can unconsciously get the benefits of mindfulness, I'm thinking, what's the catch? <laughs> huh? What's the catch? Um, but but no, I mean, it's it sounds like it comes from a place with you know with great intentions and attention to detail and from what i've experienced so far using it it's been it's been really positive so thanks for building this um good luck on your journey i will post links in the show notes uh to all of your accounts and all the information where people can find these, this app and i don't know it's been it's been fun chatting nice to meet you
0: same here same here mark yeah <laughs> thank you for having me
1: Awesome. My pleasure. All right. right. Hello, Look Up listeners. One final note before we go. Thank you again for tuning in. Going forward, we'll be releasing new episodes of Look Up every Wednesday morning, Eastern Time. If you're getting value from this podcast and you want to give back to support our future, please take a moment to contribute to our community on Patreon. Our Patreon contributors have access to some great additional perks, including one-on-one meditations with yours truly. I've shared the link in the show notes below the episode. You can also find the show notes to this and previous episodes on our website, www.thelookuppodcast.com. If you can't contribute at this time, There are other helpful ways to give back. You can share this episode on social media, tag me, and or leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Trust me, every review goes a long way. If you want more content, including more of my personal thoughts, you can follow me on social media. My handle on both Instagram and Twitter is at Wark Meinstein, W-A-R-C-M-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N. Or you can subscribe to the Look Up Weekly newsletter on my website. I'm also very responsive to email, so feel free to send questions, booking inquiries, speaking requests, and sponsorship opportunities to marc at thelookuppodcast.com. Finally, for those of you that don't know, I lead virtual yoga, breathwork, and meditation classes, as well as one-on-one coaching and teaching sessions, which you can book from the website or my social media accounts. Thank you to Sam Palumbo and Patch Kid Music for the great intro and outro tunes and for the sound engineering. Thank you, brother. And thank you to all of you listeners for continuing to support the show, for tuning in. And I hope that you've been enjoying this journey as much as I have.